It's great to be together this morning at the start of a new term. And uh, I don't know about you, but for me, what feels like the start of a fresh new season. I hope that many of you have been able to have a, a break over the summer and that you've been able to stop at some point and step out of the daily routines and get some rest. And uh, for those of you that are about to take your break, then I hope it will be a time of rest and replenishment. Let's just take a moment to pray together as we come around the word. Father God, we thank you that we have this time and space now to hear from you. Lord, I pray that you'll help our distracted minds to switch off from all that's currently drawing our thoughts away from you. And Father, I ask that you would open our ears and open our hearts to hear from you this morning. And I pray that you will help us to carry your word out of this place and into the week ahead. Amen. So back in July, which seems a long way away now, doesn't it? Uh, I brought a word that I believe that God had spoken to me about on dreams. And that I really felt and I really feel currently that God is calling us into a season of dreaming with him. And I began by asking if you were a dreamer. Because some of us by nature are naturally dreamers, aren't we? And when I say dreams, I don't just mean something that happens when we go to sleep. You might have a prophetic picture. It might be a vision. It might be a deep gut sense of something that is going to happen in the coming season. And back in July, I'd been reading a new book by one of my favorite Christian writers and speakers, John Mark Comer, and he got me thinking about dreaming. You see, I believe that God places the most wonderful, upside-down, crazy, brilliant dreams in our hearts. And I believe that he longs for us to spend time with him, dreaming with him. I also believe we're in a new season. COVID has changed our world. And as many people have spoken into and reminded us, it's created this opportunity for us to reimagine what we, his body, the church might look like. I believe we're in a new season and that God is giving us the invitation to dream with him. And in this new season, I believe what God wants is an explosion of creativity, of innovation, of entrepreneurship, of risk, of stepping out in faith to actualize God's destiny over each of us. And I'm going to tell you, I feel incredibly excited and incredibly scared by this. Now, when I'm preparing a word, for me personally, it is a very physical act. And that might sound very odd, but very often I feel in the weeks of preparation that God is rising something up in me that needs to come out. And so often after, when I finish preaching and I sit down, I do feel quite exhausted from getting the word out, and I usually feel a real peace and a sense of completion that the word is out. But this was not the case in July, because as I sat down, I felt God say very clearly to me, I'm not done with this yet. And my immediate response was, with me, Lord. Do you mean me personally? 
But I don't think that that is the case. I believe that God was saying he is not done with this yet for us as a church community. I'm not done with this yet. Now I'm hoping and I'm praying that some spiritual ears are pricking up and some hearts might be resonating with this. And to be completely honest with you, this word has not left me all summer. I have felt no sense of completion on this, and I've spent quite a few days and nights wrestling with it. So, Junction 10, I believe our wonderful Abba Father God is inviting us into a season of dreaming with him. And I believe that for those of us who have no idea what our dreams are, or even how to dream with him, that he's inviting us into a season of learning how to dream with him, And I think he's got dreams that are beyond our wildest imaginings. For others of us, I believe that now is the time to dig deep down, to remind ourselves, to unlock some of those long-forgotten, pushed-down dreams, those prophetic pictures and words that perhaps we've lost faith for. Lost faith that we would ever see them come to completion. So can I encourage you, those of you who've been away and as yet haven't had a chance to catch up, please go back to the Junction 10 YouTube channel and listen to what has been preached over the summer. Because I believe there's been a Holy Spirit thread leading us into this new season. This morning, you have to forgive me if I recap a little as I introduce our month of dreaming together. But one of the talks you might go back and listen to is Kev's preach, where he picked up the theme of dreams and he reminded us about lingering. Did you have to let it linger? I love the word linger. Personally, I love to linger over an iced coffee and a great book, but I think this is a very different type of lingering. God wants us, as a church community, to linger over his call to dream with him. Now, at the start of August, when Mary spoke, I'm going to apologise for the picture, Mary, that's my husband. (laughs) Nothing to do with me. She reminded us about a kairos moment, didn't she? The ancient Greeks had two words for time. Firstly, chronos time, which is about chronological or sequential time. And then kairos, which means the right, the critical or opportune time or moment. Junction 10, I believe this is a kairos moment for us. This is one of those special moments in time for us to take action and dream with God. Mick and Chiddy have both reminded us about our call to obedience. And Joe, last week, asked us if we were prepared. And again, I think this is another reminder of our journey to dreaming with him. Don't you love it when the Holy Spirit weaves things together for us? And church, it would be so easy for us to miss this moment, to just go back to all our old norms And I know there's comfort in old ways, but I really believe we would be missing out on a God opportunity, on such a special moment to dream with him, both for us as individuals and for us as a church. 
So I've been wrestling with this over the summer and saying to God, okay, what do you want me to say, Lord? I feel that Father God is asking me to say that he is not done with this yet and to remind you and call you to his invitation to dream with him. And that this season right now could be a Kairos moment for us. Now I'm going to return to Joseph this morning again, one of the big dreamers in the Bible. And can I urge you, please, if you don't know the story of Joseph, spend time this week digging into his story, finding out more about him. So can we turn to Genesis 37? Or is it up on the screen? I'm not sure. Jacob lived in the land where his father had stayed, the land of Canaan. And this is the account of Jacob's family line. Joseph, a young man of 17, was tending the flocks with his brothers, the sons of Bilhar and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives, and he brought their father a bad report about them. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had been born to him in his old age and he made an ornate robe for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field, and suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright, while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. His brothers said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he had said. Then he had another dream, and he told it to his brothers. Listen, he said, I had another dream, and this time the sun and moon and eleven stars were bowing down to me. When he told his father as well as his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, What is this dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. Now we see from our reading that Joseph was a dreamer, and we also know from the Bible that God's people have always been dreamers. So this morning I'm going to work on two assumptions. The first assumption is that deep in your heart you have a dream. Now for some of you that dream might be at the front of your consciousness It might be your first waking thought each day. But for others of you, it might not have surfaced yet. Or it might be buried deep under layers of failure, frustration, confusion and doubt. Perhaps all that's left is like a vague nudge deep down in your heart. Here's my second assumption. What if a small part of that dream is from God? You see, I think dreams play a key role in our lives. They're a bit like a roadmap or a compass navigating for us. Without dreams, we might just end up walking around in circles. I believe that dreams are central to how God leads us into our identity, our calling, our purpose. They are there to help us work out who God wants us to be 
and what he wants us to do. Now, Helen Keller was born both blind and deaf, and she was the first disabled person to receive a bachelor's degree award, which was an amazing achievement. And she was once asked a very insensitive question. What's worse than being blind? And she replied, the only thing worse than being blind is having sight, but no vision. Proverbs 29, verse 18 says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Dreams give us a vision of our future destiny in God's story. Dreams reveal our calling from God, the part that we have to play and the gift that we offer. So I would suggest to you this morning that one of the primary ways that we work out our calling and our God-given destiny is through our dreams through the dreams that God has laid on your hearts. However, dreams are a tricky thing to live with because there's always a gap between the reality and the dream. And as I said, back in July, living in the gap is hard. Joseph had these amazing dreams, but he also had a huge gap. He doesn't go from A to B, from dream to reality. It does not follow a straight path. And as humans, we don't like this. We've noted many times we live in a culture which is fast-paced and wants everything now. But it doesn't work this way with dreams. As John Mark Comer says, Joseph's story, ancient as it may be, is a scriptural paradigm for how to live in the gap between dream and reality, between the conception of a dream in our heart and a birth in its lives. When we look at Joseph's story, we see he's sold into slavery, he's accused of adultery, he's thrown into prison where he can interpret other people's dreams whilst knowing his own dreams have not come to pass. It is so easy to read these words and not realise the reality that Joseph had to wait years and years in the gap before the dream became a reality. And back in July, we focused on four reminders about living in the gap. Different, harder, longer, and better. But this morning, rather than focusing on the gap between the dream and its fulfillment, I want to spend a few moments considering how we begin to enter into this season of dreaming. The first step we need to take is about being intentional about taking up the challenge and daring to dream. You see, you could listen to me this morning and think, okay, Vicky, well, that's a nice preach, or not. And uh, you might walk out the door and forget about it until next Sunday when Will picks it up again. Unless we are intentional about this, unless we are obedient to what God is asking us, and you need to check this yourself. You need to go to God and ask him, is this what you are calling me to? I really believe that we risk missing out on an amazing gift from Father God if we choose not to pursue this. Now, some of you will remember that Kev reminded us about going to our closet, about spending time with God, seeking his revelation and dreaming with him. He said... Is the closet your regular port of call? Is the word of God your daily bread? Are your hearts at home 
where the worship is. Chidi reminded us of our need for persistent, faith-filled prayer. Unless we come in agreement with God and make specific time and space to dream with him, then it won't happen. And I want to say, I find this as hard as the rest of you, because discipline is hard. And I've had to say, okay, God, this is going to be my priority. I'm going to change my routines and my rhythms to be obedient to you, to dream with you, and to live out my calling. Now, as we go back to our Bible passage, we see Joseph dared to dream and was fully intentional about his dream. Think about what happened to Joseph. His brothers were so jealous of him. That growing animosity grew into pure hatred. They hated him so much that they wanted to kill him. And eventually they sold him into slavery instead. Now, if that was me, I think I might have been more than tempted to give up on my dream, to think I'd got it wrong. But unbelievably, it doesn't deter Joseph. He holds it close. He keeps believing and he lives his life in such a way that he can realize the dream. Don't let anyone rob you of your dreams because these are your God-given treasures. So if the first step is being intentional in our dreaming with God, I think the next important step to take is to define the dream. And this part is really tricky. But this part is even harder if you haven't been intentional in the first place. Joseph's very clear in defining his dream. In verse 9, it says, Then he had another dream, and he told it to his brothers. Listen, he said, I had another dream, and this time the sun and moon and 11 stars were bowing down to me. Joseph is basically saying, I am going to be a ruler. I am going to be a very important person. I might also define it as, I am going to save my family and a nation. He is clearly able to define and articulate his own dream. And when we hear from God, when he gives us a picture or a prophetic word, it is so important to be clear on what he has said. I think this is where we need to write it down to linger over it, let it sit with you, mull over it, allow it to grow. And this is where having a journal is a wonderful thing. What what is it that Kev reminded us of in Habakkuk 2 verse 2? Write the vision and make it plain. Write the dream down, date it, and then you can return to it. We're all human And it's very easy to forget, or if you're me, convince yourself that you were imagining things. And did God really say that? But if it's down in black and white, it is much harder to escape from. Here's my other thought. Some of you are amazing at journaling, and this is a practice that you have done for many years. So now is the time to get all those journals down, dust them off, and remind yourself, what has God said? What dreams has he placed on your heart? Remember I talked about those long-forgotten, pushed-down dreams? Well, now is the time to reclaim them. So the first step is being intentional, daring to dream with God. The next step is to define the dream. What is God saying? And then it's time 
to speak it out. Now, over the summer, as I've wrestled with God over this, my constant question has been, what do you want me to say, Lord? And when I asked him that question, he said, share your dreams, Vicky. And believe me, when he said that, I thought, I don't think so. (laughs) I didn't hear that right. But again, he said, share your dreams. Speak it out. Now, as my husband will confirm for you, I'm actually quite a private person. (laughs) It's not really my ideal to stand in front of you and a camera and share some of my dreams. But I believe this is a crucial step in dreaming with God. We see in the passage that Joseph shared his dream with his father and his brothers. And I think we would be in agreement in saying at worst he's arrogant and at best naive in how he does this. But he doesn't hold back. He speaks it out. And by speaking it out, it becomes both more real and it can act as a declaration of faith. Now, a word of caution here, when that time comes that you're ready to speak it out, and this will be much easier for some people than for others, consider carefully who you share it with and how you share it. You need to share in a safe place at an appropriate time with like-minded, trusted, faith-filled companions who love you and want the best for you. This is not something to share whilst chatting with the neighbours over the garden fence or even with really well-meaning non-Christian friends and family. And if you're struggling to think who that might be, then can I encourage you to pray over this and consider that perhaps now is the time to be part of a journey group. The discipleship journey is not supposed to be done on your own. And yes, I know it takes time to build relationships, but we all need good, faith-filled sisters and brothers around us. And in complete honesty, an hour on a Sunday is not enough. And personally, I'd love to think of all our journey groups and ministry areas sharing their dreams with one another, standing together in faith and walking the journey together. Okay, that said, let me share a little with you. A number of years ago, when my girls were very small, very teeny actually, a Christian friend and I decided we would go to a women's conference up in Harrogate. And I have to say, I didn't really know what to expect, and neither did my friend. But we both wanted to have some space and time to spend with God. And I think... What I thought deep down is that we'd go, we'd have a nice night away, I'd hear some great worship and some preaching. I don't think I really expected God to speak to me, but he did. Right at the start of that conference, as the worship had begun, God spoke so clearly to me. And he told me to step up. He said, it's time to step up and to stand next to Will. He said, I've got plans for you and for Will, but these will not be released until you step up and you stand next to him. And in that very moment, as I heard those words, the next part of the dream was revealed. Because right from the start of our engagement and our marriage, we had had a real sense of a together calling on our lives. But I presumed my role would just be to support my husband in his ministry rather than to stand with him or next to him. 
Now, this really hasn't been an easy internal journey for me because I came from a church tradition that doesn't agree with women in ministry and leadership. So I've spent many years wrestling with this, navigating this, doubting myself, trying to work it out. And I remember, actually, the first time I shared this with somebody else other than Will. And when I spoke it out, I was so fully expectant of being laughed out of the room. But I wasn't. This was a dream placed on my heart to be in ministry and to serve God alongside my husband. And you've actually all been part of this dream. Because you've allowed me to serve you, to try things to take little steps forward, to fail sometimes. So many of you have encouraged me, and you're now supporting me in the next big step of formal ministry training. Now, I'm not there yet, and I don't know the fullness of the dream. I'm living in the gap, which is hard, and there are many times when I say, I can't do this. But I know that I am working out my calling from the dream that God has placed on my heart. And this isn't my only dream. I've got many dreams. I've got dreams for my girls. I know that God has placed so much inside of them. And when I'm really scared and I'm thinking, God, surely you don't want me to do this, I look at them because I want them to see a mom who was prepared to face her fear and who dared to follow the dream that God had placed on her heart. I've got dreams for us as a church community. I have dreams of this community being transformed by God. I have dreams of this being a place where people come and are healed and are set free. And I have dreams where people hear the name Junction 10 and think, oh yeah, they're that church who dared to follow their dream, who were crazy enough to knock down a building to follow God's call and actually built a community with him at the centre. So this morning, what dreams do you have? I am believing and having faith that by opening my mouth and sharing with you, that you might start to do likewise. That you will begin to speak out the dreams, the visions, the pictures that God has given you, both for you personally, for Junction 10, and for the wider church. So this morning, I urge you, make space in this month of September, this new season, and seek God for his dreams for you as an individual, for your families, for us as a church family. I encourage you, take some time in your journey groups, in your ministry areas, and dare to dream with Father. Dare to dream what he might have for us. Imagine what dreams he might have for our worship team. Imagine what dreams he might have for our Father's Heart team. Imagine what dreams he might have for this school, for this area, or simply the street where you live or the workplace you go to. Do you know God doesn't only give dreams to leaders and he doesn't only give dreams to adults? In fact, He often gives very big dreams to people who consider themselves very little people. People who believe they're very insignificant. No one is too old 
or too young to be part of this. We need you to partner with us in this, to step into this and to begin dreaming with God. I don't think any of our elders would mind being unindicted by you sharing with them the dreams that you have for Junction 10. In fact, I think they'd be overjoyed. I'm going to finish with this brilliant quote that my good friend Roy sent me. And this quote is by Lawrence of Arabia. And he said, All men dream, but not equally. Those who dream by night in the dusty recesses of their minds awake one day to find it was all vanity. But the dreamers of the day are dangerous men, for they act out their dreams with open eyes to make them possible. Let's be dreamers of the day. Let's dream with our eyes wide open and let's step into all God has for each of us. Thank you.